Welcome back, guys, to The Mindset Effect. Today, we have one of my personal favorite guests that we've actually ever had on the show, Don Wetrick. So Don is the innovation coordinator at Noblesville High School. Uh, he's also the author of Pure Genius, Building a Culture of Innovation and Taking 20% Time to the Next Level. He's worked as a middle school and high school teacher, educational and innovation consultant, CEO, podcast host. So Don, I want to start off asking you the million dollar question. How'd you get to where you are today? Can I have a million dollars first? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Um, how did I, I, I think probably the, the best answer is, is that I remember my dad um, telling me, uh, you can teach for 20 years, just don't teach one year 20 times. And I think that with each year I taught, I kept looking for different opportunities and different um, things to work on. And I'm just a, a naturally, you either could say I've got ADD or I'm a naturally curious person, but I can't seem to do the same thing again and again and again. It bores me to tears. I think the funny thing is with ADD, like people with ADD tend to do better on things that they actually enjoy, which is so yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, totally. I think it's that obsessive nature. Personally, that's something that's always been like kind of my realm as well, as I've always been like crazy crazy obsessed with things um but yeah so I, I was curious so you wrote that book on building a culture of innovation um do you want to share some lessons um about that with us sure um essentially a lot of it was about uh, reflecting on what we had done we had started this class called innovation and open source learning and one of the first things i had learned was is that uh, it's the hardest thing in the world to do is the things that you say to yourself you're going to do, but you're probably not. Right. So I had a lot of people like, man, I wish there was a class at the time of the day where I could work on what I wanted to work on. I'm like, okay, here it is. Hmm. Could you just tell me what to do? You know, like, like people mm -hmm. prefer their prison cell. Yeah. And it's sad is that like, you know, uh, like, or, or, you know, Adults are this way too. Like, oh, if, there, if I only had time where I could work out. Okay, now you do. Well, still. So that was the first lesson is that just because you said you want to do something, it's really hard. And two, the power of reflecting uh, is, is huge. Um, we had a, a process where every two weeks, we always made sure um, we iterated based on our reflections and adjustments. Because no matter what, I didn't care if you failed, just how did you fail? Why did you fail? And in that, you talking out loud, because I encourage any of my students to either do it on a podcast and, or, or like just look into their cell phone and upload a video. Like They'd always say, you know, now that I hear myself talk out loud, I should have done this. That is so powerful when you just dedicate time to reflect. It's okay that things went awry. Why did they go awry? And then lastly, just know thyself. Um, I'm a big fan of you understanding you, whether that's an Enneagram, there's several of them that are valid, but looking at your weaknesses and saying, okay, how could I either avoid these things or better yet, how could I build a team around me um, to where my weaknesses could be offset by a great team member or yeah. members? Hindsight 2020. And yeah, I feel like it's often not a lack of information that prevents people from getting started to do the things they want to do. It's simply an excuse for them. Like how simple it is, how simple is it to email someone that you want to look up to and ask for advice? It's not that hard. 
people just got to take action. I think that's the key thing. Well, and then, but what also comes after, after the that. action, I, I think that like what, there's a really great pod or no, there's a really great Ted talk. It's very short, but basically it was like, if you have a goal, don't share it with anybody. You feel like, and they've done brain science on it. And they're like, you feel like you've already done it. So somebody was like, you know what? I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Boom. Like you already feel like you've already lost 20 pounds. And so you don't really work as hard. You didn't set the goals. So to your point, Kevin, yes, you, you should. It's that starting to do something, but it's also the don't fool yourself into thinking you're there yet. Or, you know, I sent my, you know, I followed Gary V's advice and I DM'd 50 people today and no one got back to me. Well, shit, I'm done. Like, you know, they, they, there's no, like, one of the best books that I've come across in a long time, and, and he's already written two good ones, um, but Simon Sinek's last book, The Infinite Game. I love that book. Lost. It's a spiritual awakening. I mean, like your, your, con, like your conquest is to go on forever because it's a just effing cause. So you may have had a good six months or you may have had a, a crummy six months. It doesn't matter. You're going on. That's the whole point of your just cause. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think that that's also why like more people need to acknowledge that because you have two extremes, right? You have the guy, actually somebody has pointed me out uh, this Instagram page called baller busters and they call out fake it till you make it guys. Awesome. Uh, you know, the guys that like rent the Lamborghini for 15 minutes and like just pulling up to my gig when I hustle and grind, yo. And <laughs> actually they have a hashtag flex, uh, flex appeal or flex offenders, flex offenders. <laughs> What am I, anyway, but like you either have the guys that are talking about hustling and grinding um, or the people that are on the other end of that, that are quietly plodding along and yes. you'll know they're successful later. Like, I, like one of my mentors and a guy that I'm just giddy that I get to have calls with is a guy named Jeff Hoffman. The fact that he's not on, like <laughs> he's unreal. Like his background, like, he invented basically and got the patents on all airport check-in kiosks. He then co-founded Priceline.com. He made a lot of money. He's like, okay, what else could I do? So he starts looking into music. He's like, those people look like they have fun. He helped kick off the careers of NSYNC. So he, he's down with JT. He helped Beyonce launch. Like on any given day, he does stuff with Pitbull. He's my age, like, right? He's like 49 years old, average looking, you know, just guy. Mm -hmm. And he does things. Is he a huge internet celebrity? No, he just doesn't care. He quietly goes along and makes other people successful, which by and large makes him successful. Those kind of polar opposites are, are like, we're somewhere in between. Um, so those guys that are constantly like hustle and grind, I feel bad for in a lot of cases because they do, they, they do two things that are damaging, damaging to themselves because they know that they're not getting anywhere. They're just being busy for the sake of busy. Mm. And then two, to double down on that, a lot of people look in and go, man, I wish I was success, as successful as that guy. He's bullshitting you. And, yeah. and, and he might be causing some harm because like you think that he's making millions of dollars. He's not. He's just pretending. He's renting the Lambo for 15 minutes. Sorry, I rant see. over. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think that's always funny. I didn't know that there was that page. That's really rather interesting. But uh, what would you say about the people who like work super hard and they do grind and they are very successful, but they also talk a lot about it? What do you think about those kinds of people? Mm-hmm. That's Gary. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that because like, uh, to be fair, like Gary also is upfront by the fact that he's like, that is his happiness. Yeah. Like he, he what is he called? The immigrant advantage. Right. So he's like, I was raised by my dad who worked about 17 hours a day. That was normal for him. That's what makes him happy. So his passion is working that hard. There are other people that talk. So like, if that's your thing, then I have no problem you talking about it. As long as the people listening have a perspective that that may be their journey. Again, know thyself. So it, like my idea of happiness is to work for, like if I can eventually get away with it, working four hours a day. Mm-hmm. I adore my wife. I really like hanging out with my kids. That's my version of success. So the hustle and grind porn is okay for some, as long as you know where you're at in that matrix or spectrum. Mm-hmm. I feel like the hustle and grind videos and stuff, those are good at like an entry level to get people into the whole motivation, all that stuff. And then after a while, they have to find their own internal motivation through their own work. And, and, and again, credit to Gary. He even says, he's like, look, you should follow me for maybe two or three months. I don't care if you unfollow me because mm-hmm. it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. And he's Actually, right. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and he's like, and, and, and if you, and he even said, it's like, if you need me for motivation, you're, you, you're not really doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, and, and, and we all fall into this at some way or form, but like, if you need January 1st to remind you to get in shape, it's, it's never really going to happen. It's either a lifestyle and a, an ingrained routine, or it's a, I'm going to work out really hard for January until January 15th and then sell my Peloton bike. And then do it all over again next January. So, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, now, but at the same time, I, I will give credit. There are some people that they start falling into that. Wait, I, okay, this time it's for real. I'm always willing to give the person that does buy the ex- exercise equipment or wants to hustle and grind and they start and they dive into Gary or some other personality. If it takes five or six times, then great. It was worth it. But yeah, uh, yeah as, but again, I, I want people to have a fresh perspective they're braggadociously talking about something that makes them happy. If you're saying, if you're trying to convince yourself that that would make you happy and deep down it won't, then find something else. That's what I think is so funny. Yeah. That's what I think is so funny is like all these people, they see the um, like other people at the top and they feel like there's that template that they need to follow but they don't realize that like, dude, like nobody has it completely figured out. Like there are so many different ways that you can go about doing things. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't, one way doesn't fit for just everybody. And it's like, you know, you can make it by going your own way. And I think if more people realized that it would be a wonder to see like what the world would look like. And also circling back to Simon, you'll get through those hard times because it's your call. It's your calling. It's your just cause. I mean, I, sometimes I, I get a good laugh because I mean, technically in your introduction, I used to be the innovation coordinator for Noblesville high school. I left mm-hmm. um, the state of Indiana and a couple of the people are like, Hey, we need for you to grow an ecosystem. So I decided actually, luckily I, I have funding, but I'm a nonprofit now. 
The good news is I've got another year's worth of funding. The bad news is I'm going to try to be a nonprofit in maybe among the greatest times to not be a nonprofit. Like mm -hmm. things just got bad, but you know, I don't care. I'm, I've got a just cause. If yeah. I have to do this for free, I'll just ask my wife to work more hours. I will, I need to write another book. I mean, there's opportunities out there, but my just cause is my just cause. And that will push me through on yeah. the, oh crap, what are we going to do for funding stuff that we're eventually going to have? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do what you feel is right. Like even if you may not succeed, which is like in your case as well. And in the end, what did it cost you? Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's the one thing, like, I think, uh, like, uh, 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 I think it's Jim Carrey at a commencement speech. And he's like, you can either have the golden handcuffs and go through life and try to retire early and live in day in and day out on something you hate. Mm -hmm. Or you can try to do something you love. And even if you fail, knowing that it was for you. That to me is living. That exactly. to me is, I mean, I, I do, I pity people. There's some people I know that are making really good money and they really hate their lives. I don't want that. I don't want that for my children. I didn't want that for my students. Mm -hmm. And a matter of fact, I, I, I got to share this. Um, I, if there's one thing that I told my students every year was the power of regret. And that if you didn't take this innovation open source learning class seriously, you would, you'll in one to two years write to me or call me and say, you were right. Because a lot of times kids would be in school mode where, you know, they only do exactly what they have to do. And this class was very, I, I'm going to gently nudge you, but if you choose to do nothing, I'm going to like constantly nag you, but it's your choice. So I get this letter. I swear to God, yesterday. I mean, hands to God, I'm reading it per, per and, and this, this is the mindset. Listen to this. Hello, Mr. Retrick. I was a student back of yours in 2017, and I'm just messaging it to now to let you know that you were 100% right, dot, dot, dot. One of the things you've always said is, is that I've held with me is in your class was something along the lines of, quote, to all the students doing nothing in here, you're going to message me back after this class telling me that you wasted your time. At the time, I thought there was no way in hell that you were right, at least for me. My primary objective was always getting perfect grades, getting into a perfect school, graduating and working at a perfect job. I at least understood the career choice had to be uh, something I enjoyed. But looking back, I'm honestly a bit grossed out by how much of a robot I had let myself become. Being in your class was so incredibly conflictive for me as I was trying to adapt that innovation mindset we spoke about while at the same time combining the, to combating the 11 years of sit down, be quiet, and answer only when you're told mentality. I know damn well now what you speak of, but I couldn't relate to it as I was just so insistent on school being the be all end all. I'm about ready to finish my second year of college and honestly, it's nowhere near as special as it made it out to be. And that's coming from a kid whose years had planned out his years ahead of time. This isn't the lifestyle I want now, and I want that to change. In the last couple of months, I've started to make outside moves of school and for myself. I'm calling an associate who works for me now, and I'm super excited to be going back in my, same direct, in my new direction. Point being, all these things I wish I would have done and realized in your class, but I didn't. I don't, seem that as, I don't see that as a failure, but rather a realization that school really isn't for me as much anymore. 
What makes life special is the choices you make towards your passion. And I believe it's those kind of idiosyncrasies that made up the culture of innovation in your class. Thank you for giving me a time to sit back and reflect on this. I'd love to catch up on the phone call soon. That is so anyway, beautiful. Dude, yeah. like that is why I teach. Mm -hmm. like, like my lack of pay, that was my bonus. And like, I'm blushing. Like I'm like, I'm, my face is red because like, A, him processing that was everything. And B, that whole, I just wanted a perfect life with perfect grades. Now he's like starting to talk about passion and purpose, which is you know, like both of you guys are smiling because you know exactly what he's talking about. It's yeah. that meaning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would be curious to see like if in the future, if we like would kind of redo the education system to have kids raised like with that kind of mindset or like a Gary V ish mindset as in like mm -hmm. with that kind of outlook on the world, like I would love to see what that would look like. I think that would be amazing because like Same. those, those completely changed like my view on everything. Um, like mine was like a two or three years of just like listening to things to have to really get it to sink in until I was really like, okay, wow. And like, this is real. Um, like for actually started taking action. And like, if people had that when they were younger, I would love to see what the whole world would look like. Yeah. Especially like has to do with culture too, especially like from what I'm raised, I'm like raised from an Asian family and like, we are all super into getting good grades, getting to good colleges and really just having that be all end all you know school and i don't think that's really the right mindset and especially like what do you think your, what are your thoughts on the mindset of colleges like why do the why do they still perpetuate their old education system why don't they want to introduce change into their system because it would damage their model like why doesn't exxon say well actually it's ironic exxon actually is investing a lot in alternative fuels but like the colleges, and, and by the way, there are some colleges out there that are starting to make some pivots because people like Mike Rowe, people like Seth Godin, people like Gary are starting to make a lot of people tremble in their boots. Mm -hmm. And you're the first generation that is starting to really question the ROI, right? That being said, why aren't they wanting to do more? Because it's going to disrupt their model. Matter of fact, I, I think that they're going to see a, a small spike here soon or the exact opposite. When the economy goes poof, people cling and run to certifications and colleges. I think that certifications, if they win, the colleges are going to freak out. But I see now more and more, like even, even like on Facebook, you know, masterclass and things of this nature, you can start picking up specific skills a lot cheaper. And you're the first generation that you're going to tell your kids of like, uh, you know, hey, these skills are being employable. Therefore, you don't have to take four years of philosophy and government and civics to then take a few of these classes. Mm -hmm. So um, like, I, I think that no matter what, the market's gonna be the market. So I think that colleges are eventually gonna change that. Um, but we're also going to see the most massive amount of reflection and possibly shift out of this COVID-19 thing. Mm. It's really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. But again, like if they, if they position this and people see like, oh my gosh, my job's going away, I should go back to college. Again, college isn't gonna try to push you for new skills, they're just gonna, do the pipeline, but the ones that do make the pivot, I think are going to win long-term. If I, if I were a college administrator or if I were a president, I'd be like, Hey, uh, I don't know. Like there's no really polite way to say the, the, the following majors are dead. You'll never get a job in these following majors because if people still want to take it, it's supply demand. 
But I think that if, if a lot of universities are like, hey, these are the things that um, we're really wanting to push forward or, or, or you know, maybe they offer some extra incentives for you to, to start looking into certain areas. I think that that's going to gain a lot of trust with a lot of people moving forward. So what do you see like your whole nonprofit in the next like 20 years? Like what is your ambition for that? Yeah, uh, probably working backwards a little bit. Right now we're a high school nonprofit. We are growing chapters. Um, right now we're in seven cities, hoping to grow that out more. But essentially we do, we, have, we call like a spark develop execute. Um, our spark is once a month we have uh, events uh, in these cities, which actually now they're probably gonna have to turn digital for a while. But we wanted to get uh, students off their phones and into a state of purpose and entrepreneurial being for at least an evening. So to do that, we'll invite like a small deserving nonprofit and have them give a problem. And then our students ask some questions. They get into teams of about seven to 10 they go to separate rooms and they whiteboard for 35, 40 minutes. Doing that again, gives them a state of purpose. Like, wow, I think they're actually going to use my ideas or, oh my gosh, this was really great. I enjoy helping. It also is allowing kids to network with one another. So a kid from East will meet a kid from Catholic or Central. And then they're like, hey, and, th and those kids start finding one another and they collaborate. Um, so chapter models, we want to grow. We want to be all 50 states. Um, we also run the state pitch competition. And believe it or not, my state of Indiana uh, we reside over the biggest pitch competition in the country for high school students. Wow. Top prize is for $25,000 a kid up to a team of three. This year's team was a team of three, so we shelled out $75,000. Um, that's unheard of for a high school pitch competition. But it keeps getting more and more competitive because it's not like, and no offense, there's a lot of pitch competitions that it's ideas. So you'll get a kid that's like, I'm going to invent an app that cures cancer. And you're like, do you write apps? No. Do you know anything about cancer or molecular biology? No. You're like, mm. <laughs> so we've had a pretty good success of like, by the fact that we're offering up really good incentives, they're actually scalable companies. Um, and I'm hoping that we can work with more states because I think that we've done something right and other states should provide high school pitch competitions. In the next five years, though, we're getting a lot of feedback of, ironically enough, both ends of you should have these nights, these, these reverse pitch nights for adults. And then conversely, why can't middle school kids come? We get a lot of requests for middle school. So we're probably going to grow into that, too. Mm. Do you think you ever go to like college as well? Um, I'm hoping that colleges have their own thing, like their startup weekends. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not trying to say that it's too late by then, but if you're, mm, probably no. I mean, the answer to that is, uh, in some ways it would be great, but like there should be, like in most colleges, there's an entrepreneurial major or minor and you can hang with those kids. There's always some sort of startup weekend at a lot of colleges, participate in those. There's always hackathons going on somewhere and that don't necessarily need for you to be a coder go to those. And in each fairly major city, I mean, like I'm in Indianapolis, there is things galore in the startup community that if you just want to participate, they're doing networking events all the time and, and all that good stuff. Which by the way, if I were in college, first of all, there's no better time to be a teenager than right now. 
-hmm. If you were working on, and, and kudos to you guys having a podcast, because it's not rocket science and you get to talk to amazing people and you get to glean information. But like if you were in college, do what you can to connect with people now before you ask them for an internship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're at the head of the list. This happened to me. Like when I was a sophomore in college, I learned about this place downtown Indy and I just, I contacted the guy on phone and he says, Hey, we don't have any room for, for internships this summer. I said, I, I'm not asking for an internship. Can I shadow you for a day on paper? You guys look too good to be true. I just want to, I just want to see what you're doing. He's like, I don't know. I said, I'll buy you lunch. I'm 20 at the time. I will drive my butt down to Indianapolis. I will buy you lunch. And he's like, okay. By the time we got to lunch, he's like, there's no way you're buying me lunch. I really enjoyed you coming back. And I said, can I come back in a month? I did that four or five more times. Anyway, long story made short, I graduate. The first job I can find right away, I was selling men's suits at a mall. And then all of a sudden this guy from the, and by the way, it was at a think tank in Indianapolis. And he called me, he says, when are you showing up to work? And I said, I didn't notice that you guys posted any job listing. He says, of course we didn't post it. We've been waiting on you. He says, if we interview somebody, we interview somebody we've never met. We've known you now for three years. Right now, you should find out who your dream job would be and saying, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have the skill set yet. What should I be learning to help? If you do that, I guarantee you, you will be at the top of everybody's list and then go to networking events and not like the hand of, hey, you should call me. What are you guys doing? How can I help? I've also got a lot of friends that are really eager to like dig in their, their, their teeth to, to do some cool stuff. Do that. Even if you want to be an entrepreneur, like my daughter, she's a freshman in, in college in the entrepreneurial program. I'm like, don't think you're going to be an entrepreneur right out of college. Get a job first. Learn the market, learn people, let them fall in love with you. Let, let people lure you away from your job. And then later you can do that. That's what's really funny is um, it's actually like a little bit more background on me. I don't know how much you know, but like I, I've, uh, so I have a software company and we deal, so I'm a computer science student. So we deal with recruiters. So I'm getting all these relationships with recruiters. And then Kevin and I are going to be starting a recruiting firm next semester as well to help companies um, find good candidates on campus. And so it's like all of this kind of brings both of us to meet all these recruiters at all these companies, develop relationships as freshmen. So in the future, if we want to go work for any of them, we've got these relationships built for the last three years. And it's like perfect. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of uh, Adam Grant's book, um, uh, the one after givers and takers. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Anyway, I, the name eludes me. I can Google it here, but it, it's probably give or opening, take. I think. Um, no, it it was the one after that. Uh, anyway, basically, he talked about these kids in college that were all lining up this idea for a for a company, but they all had job offers and they were ready to go do that, and they started Warby Parker. Like, but they all like the originals, originals by Adam Grant. He just knew that he's like, a lot of times people think that entrepreneurs, these risk takers, they're not, they mitigate risk. They have backup plans. They have, you know, they, they, so the fact that you guys like, yeah, we're probably going to be entrepreneurial, but we sure as hell have backup plans for jobs. Mm -hmm. Kudos for you guys. That's, that's kick ass. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just more fun. I don't know. I kind of live 
Uh, like one of my mottos is always like, you know, if you're not struggling to get eight hours of sleep, then you're not doing enough. But that's like my own personal kind of thing. Obviously not for everyone, but I like doing a lot of things simultaneously. And that's kind of the one of the ways that I like go about doing it. And like meeting Kevin was really cool because that brought a lot of additional opportunity into things. So, and yeah, and, and yeah. probably Kevin's got a different personality type and you guys complement each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like my co-founder, uh, which started off as an LLC and actually we still have the intellectual property on the LLC, but he's a student or a, well, a former student. He's 22, but like he is the exact opposite of me. Thank God. Uh, so building that team is, is so, so, so important. But again, you have the mentality of if you're not sleeping eight hours, you're not doing enough. There's somebody like, I always remember there was a football coach. Uh, he coached for the university of Florida and then eventually at South Carolina he liked playing golf. So these football coaches are like, yeah, I do 16 hour days watching film. He's like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I spend eight hours coaching and then I'm going to go play golf and hang out with my friend. I'm like, good for you. If that mm-hmm. works, good for you. I agree. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's like, as long as you're not complaining about what you're doing, if you're truly happy doing it, like, I don't care what you're doing. Like it could be, you could be literally a garbage man. And if you love doing that, then like freaking kudos to you. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the people that are winning are happy and healthy, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what it what's it like mentoring others? Scary. <laughs> <laughs> um in some ways as per the you know DM I just read you, sometimes rewarding, sometimes like, oh shit, I'm sorry it turned out that way. But as long as they have the I mean, A circling back to the, there is no risk. Like there's just not. Um, I, I, I think that that's been rewarding. Um, but at the same time, like I also, I love that I'm being mentored. Uh, you know, I, I actually, because of the podcast, I have gotten lifelong friends now that started off as an interview. And then people are like, Hey, we should hang out sometime <laughs> and listening to their mindset. It has helped shape me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how'd you go about like getting in contact with all like those big people? Was it all from like your nonprofit or what was that? No, it was from the success of the class. And I mean, like, so the whole class was started by a Dan Pink Ted talk eight or nine years ago. And I, I contacted him like, Hey dude, I'm going to start this class because your Ted X or your Ted was kick ass. And I didn't know he was a famous guy. He was like, awesome. You want me to talk to your class? His endorsement then allowed me to talk to this person that allowed me to talk to that person. And then we started getting into the more of the, I started figuring out the people that liked us the most were entrepreneurs. So then when people are like, yeah, school needs to change. I'm like, Hey bro, we're doing this. Like our, our big breakthrough was like probably Tom Bilyeu. He's mm-hmm. got a show that used to be called inside quest. And then, uh, he called in my class and they, they were awesome. And he, he waited, the bell rang, and he's like, oh, shit, Don, I thought you were completely full of it. He's like, that was awesome. Can you come and be on the show? So that didn't hurt. Um, and then writing a book, and then, you know, then Seth Godin kind of jumped on and was really nice, and then Gary and some of these other people. So once we had their blessing, then just kind of, you know, like, oh, I wish that was the battle cry. I wish I had this class when I was a kid. That really helped us with those people that, quite frankly, didn't like high school. So we're going to wrap this up and where can people find you on social media? 
I'm probably more active. Uh, like the number count and the blue check mark suggests Twitter. I'm just not active on Twitter because I just don't care about your politics. I just like getting shit done. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm way more active on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. Our foundations page uh, is uh, startedupfoundation.org. Uh, our podcast is Start Ed Up on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, then we also have a Facebook page as well, Start Up Foundation or me personally. Cool. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. Yeah. Keep grinding, guys. That's uh, impressive. And uh, let me know how I can be of value to you guys later on. <laughs> <laughs>